Hey Hawks fans, Luke Bruce here. CJ here. Jarman here. If you love the Hawks, then you need to be connected to the Hawks Insiders. It's got all the latest news, match recaps, interviews and specialised content written by the Hawks fans for the Hawks fans. Make sure you subscribe. Get your daily dose of Hawthorne content into your inbox. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Here from Jarman MP for the Insiders. G'day Hawks fans, Darren Levine here for Hawks Insiders. Uh, we're coming to you within about 10 minutes of our final practice match of the season uh, against the Bulldogs. We went down 9-8-62-17-17-119. Boy, that hurt reading that out. I've got Brad Kablansky with me. Brad, overall impressions of that? Painful. Very, very painful, Daz. The second quarter was passable. But the rest of that game was hard to watch heading into round one. Yeah, it's it's hard to know where it all went wrong, really. I think we had one pretty decent quarter in that second quarter, and then it was just a, an absolute train wreck. But the, the signs were in good early on. I think they were getting a lot of shots and missing a few easy ones. Um, can you take any positives out of that game, Brad? Not a lot. Uh, Husswait and McKenzie... And uh, Ginevan, probably the three, Hussweid and McKenzie, particularly in the first half. Unfortunately, they struggled in the second half, obviously, uh, due to fitness, which is going to be a problem this season. Uh, Ginevan really uh, lifted the team in the second quarter. But as you said, that first quarter was deplorable. We could have easily been down five or six goals a quarter time. And the second half was as bad. I think it was 15 goals to three. The back line was poor. The ruck was a disaster yet again. The Chol and Lewis combination struggled yet again, which I've touched on all this preseason. And the midfield, other than Newcomb in the second half, was absolutely smashed. Brad, I think you're supposed to go through a few positives here. <laughs> um, I gave you a... three. Hustway, <laughs> McKenzie, Ginevan. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think Watson showed a bit. And I think he he was really clean, um, you know, especially he had a great um, combination there with Chol in the last quarter, did some really nice things. I think he's looking probably likely in the frame for round one, do you think? Two weeks ago, I would have said yes. Uh, if Dylan Moore comes back, one of the small forwards is going to have to miss out. So... You'd probably think Ginevin is a lock. His record against the Bombers is really good. He's been our best probably other than Blake Hardwick, who was really poor tonight. But those two have been probably our best small forwards this preseason. Luke Bruce is a lock. Dylan Moore comes in. Connor McDonald's another one, who again tonight played more, you know, uh, half forward. So if Watson plays, that's probably six smalls in the forward 50, which I don't think we can go in with. So it's going to be interesting to see what Sam does. He won't make him sub, but I think Watson is, unfortunately, a chance not to play round one. I think I've probably got a bit of a different perspective on that. I think um, Watson and Ginevan were really, you know, when we were firing and we were doing good things, I think it was the, the combination of the two of them that, was really working so well. And I think he ended the day with seven score involvements. So I think I think just what, what he brings to that forward line, the dynamic that he has with Ginevan, obviously, I think he's probably going to make it in to my round one team anyway. But, yeah, that it, 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 it could go either way. 
Cam McKenzie's definitely put his hand up for round one, and I'd be really surprised now if he missed. Don't you agree, Brad? Oh, absolutely. I think Cam will start on ball in the first quarter. Warple cannot be there for the opening bounce round one. I think our three in the midfield will likely be Newcomb, McKenzie and Nash. Nash, I think, has had a really poor preseason. Some might uh, disagree, but I think he's really, really struggled. Um, and I think it'll be interesting when Will Day eventually comes back, someone's going to have to be squeezed out. And Warple and Nash, one of those two, I think are looking likely to go out if they don't perform in the first four to six weeks of uh, the season. Huss uh, the other one who played really well in the first half. I think he's earned his spot in the round one side. So I think those two will play round one. But McKenzie looks a class above uh, the rest of our uh, younger players. I think he looks a lot better than he did last year in his first season. His disposal in the first half was by far the best out of any of our players. And I think he needs to play as much on ball as possible at least the first four to five weeks whilst Will Day's out. Yeah, I couldn't agree, agree more. He's taken his game to another level. He had 19 touches, went at 84%, and you just wanted the ball in his hands. He just did, he did good things when he had it made consistently the right decision, kicked that beautiful goal from a tight angle in the first quarter and just, you're right, looked an absolute class above. Um, you know, the the Sam Mitchell comparisons are absolutely uncanny, the way he can shift uh, from left to right, uh, can use either foot. He, you know, obviously looks like him too, but I'm really, really excited about this year for Cam McKenzie. And, yeah, as, as you said, would be very, very surprised to... To see him miss, I thought Husway did well. Sort of faded out um, over the over the game and and didn't really get back into it. You know, Nash, geez, I don't know if it's a form thing or just saving himself for round one, but he just looked like he was lumbering around. Just uh, it was. I, I don't. I don't really know where his head's at. Maybe the beard's got to go, Brad. <laughs> it's a good point, but uh, yeah, uh, like I said, I know Nash and Warple had really strong 2023s, but we've got to remember we finished uh, 16th. So I've spoken about it. I like them. they decent players. Nash last year had a really strong season. But if you're asking me who I would rather have in the midfield in two years' time, Nash and Warple or the likes of, you know, Will Day, who's got to come back in, a Connor McDonald, a Josh Ward, who I'm sure uh, we're going to touch on, I know what the answer is. Yeah, I mean, Warps had a lot of it, and he just, he just, he doesn't really. He's still making all decisions. Um, had time on the ball in the last quarter, just got it to a 50-50 contest. Just you know, kind of getting boot to ball, those quick hand handballs away, turned it over a lot. So, bit of a concern leading into round one. And, you know, our midfield was really comprehensively smashed once again. I mean, the dogs, the dogs are a good team. I think they'll probably finish kind of that, that top six areas, but that was an absolute drubbing in the midfield. I think in terms of center clearances was 17 to eight and Brad, I'd like to have, uh, give it over to you to talk about the ruck and, and, and I'm worried. I'm really worried about, about Reeves. We've spoken about it, Daz. It is a problem. It's a big problem. I know we stated Reeves has played uh, less than 50 games, but he's our number one. Meek's not going to be playing. Ramsden's two years off. 
Reeves got absolutely smashed again around the ground out tonight, and it's going to happen all season. We've spoken about it. He's not fit enough. So after the ball goes out of the centre square, we play one down. It's the reality at the moment, and I don't know what the solution is. We're just going to have to live with it for this season. But I think he – I don't know. It's definitely his uh, fitness. He really needs to work on his fitness. But that'll hopefully come with, you know, he plays more games. But it is going to be a massive problem. So we're just going to have to live with it. I get our supporters who say, yeah, we win our hit outs uh, to advantage. Well, Reeves is uh, seven foot tall. So he's going to win the majority of uh, the hit outs. Tonight we saw, I think he took three marks. Two of the marks he took, he handballed the ball straight to the Western Bulldogs after he took uh, the mark. And he did it um, a bit in the practice game last week as well. So his awareness is poor as well. I get he's really, you know, young in terms of games, but I think you might have even mentioned it last week, or Wasey did. He's 25. He's not 19 or 20. Yeah, and obviously it takes a bit longer for, for you know, rucks to develop. But I think there was the Gorn comparison on the spaces um, and how long he kind of took to to become one of the premier rucks in the comp. So not giving up on Reeves just yet, but it's the second poor showing in a row and this time against one of the premier ruckmen in English. So some concerns for me. I actually thought Chol did all right as the second ruck, especially in that second quarter. Um, I think he he did pretty well against Lobb and he, and, and he definitely held his own against English. Absolutely. He was better in the ruck than he was as a forward. We need to just touch on it, unfortunately. Lewis, I know, did kick two goals, but I've spoken about it. The Lewis and Chol combo, Ash has spoken about it as well as our forwards are going to take time to gel. But the pre-season of Lewis and Chol as a combo has been really, really poor. And Chol tonight as a forward was uncompetitive. I don't know what uh, your thoughts were, but time and time again, he was outmarked, dropped his shoulders, didn't chase. He was really poor tonight playing uh, as a forward. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst of, of Cho and, and, and what the knock's been on him. I think some of his body language was really concerning. I think he lost uh, that free kick. Um, I think it was a sort of head-high tackle and just went off at the umpire and didn't get to a man. Um, and you could just see he wasn't interested in in chasing and winning the ball back. The body language to me is always a big key and and, and I really didn't like some of the stuff that I saw there from Cho. I did think he did a few, he, he for me in, the, in as a as a pinch hitting ruckman he did really well, but the forward line is an absolute work in progress. But I think given uh, the inside fifty count, which was God was sixty eight to thirty four, the backline actually held up okay for a for a backline that's you know been ravaged by uh, injuries and you know has uh, not even a first game in Phillips in there as well. They did okay, but the Bulldogs were two twelve at half time. They, you know, twelve two or ten four instead, and were questioning our backline. I thought Phillips tried hard. Uh, there was a free kick against him, which was just not a free kick. Obviously, in the second half, when you know the Bulldogs got on top of uh, the midfield, the backline struggled. It's going to be a big problem for the rest of the season. Our backline is going to be made up of, you know, Frost, Phillips, Scrimshaw is probably going to be playing centre half back. Weddle will come back in, but defensively, Weddle at the moment is really poor. He'll give us good drive off the half-back line. Impey's disposal tonight was incredibly, incredibly poor, like VFL standard. Got a lot of it, but just turned it over. 
Um, Amon, I thought, was one of our better players. Um, him off half-back's going to be pretty good, but the issue is, is he's our best uh, uh, wingman, which we're going to touch on. D'Ambrosio was okay. I think he finished with 17 or 18 uh, touches on a wing. Harry Morrison was rested, which means he's going to be in the side for round one. So who the two wing spots are? Josh Ward played on uh, the wing tonight and finished with 11 disposals. I think he had two or three in the second half. I know he's a favourite of um, uh, Hawks Insiders, but Josh has got to do a lot, a lot more. I think he'll be disappointed uh, with his game tonight, but I've touched on it. He's not a wingman. He needs to be playing on ball. So as long as the, the Nashes and the Warples are in the side, Josh is not going to be playing in the midfield where he needs to be played. So it's a worry for Sam and the match committee because Josh Ward needs to either be playing on ball or if he's not playing on ball, I don't think he can be in the side because he's not a wingman. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's hard to know with Ward whether it's uh, a positional thing or, you know, or he just needs to develop because I thought he, yeah, he, he was really not involved in the game. He just doesn't look comfortable in that position. And, you know, there was a lot of talk in the preseason about him training in the midfield, in that mid midfield group. I think he was going to be the one who was stepping up in 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 Will Day's spot, but it's looking like Huswade and McKenzie yep. are ahead of him. So Absolutely. So the issue is going to be when Will Day comes back, someone's going to have to make uh, way for Day. So the midfielders that start the season are going to have to play well at early on and you look at our first six games, well, first five games, and it's a brutal start uh, to the season. Like it's, it's highly likely we're going to be zero and five with North Melbourne coming up in uh, round six. We're going to start uh, underdogs and heavy underdogs in our first five games. Yeah, is there some solace to be taken in the fact that the Bulldogs are just absolutely loaded with talent and are a team that I think will probably finish in the top six? I mean, we're playing some really quality. Um, opposition over the past two games? Yeah, last week we didn't. Last week, their eight of their best 10 players played in the second game and we had a much stronger side in the first game and we still lost. Their depth is really strong. They've still got, you know, Sam Darcy kicked four goals, three in the VFL. Rory Lobb played ahead of him tonight. I don't know why I'd be playing Sam Darcy over Rory Lobb. Yeah, the Bulldogs are talented, but their back line tonight was really thin on paper. Um, we shouldn't be losing to them by more than, you know, 20 points, uh, I reckon. And tonight, if they kicked straight at the start of the game, we could have lost by a lot more than we did. We could have lost by probably 80-plus. So, yeah, the Bulldogs are a good side. They're not going to be a top-four side, um, I don't think. They might sneak into the finals. Um, I still think their back line's not strong enough. Um, their midfield's pretty good. Jack McRae, I think, was probably their only, you know, starting player that wasn't there tonight. But... Uh, Riley Sanders has stepped in and as I said last week, looks like he's already played 150 games. I'd be getting on him for the rising star. Oh, geez. I hope that's one pick that doesn't come back to haunt us. I love mm. I love Nick, Nick Watson and I love I what agree. he did tonight. But... I agree with you, Daz. And there's going to be a lot of our supporters. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of uh, discussion this season because unfortunately for Nick, he's going to be playing the hardest position on the ground in a bottom four side. So he's going to be starved of opportunity. It's going to be really hard for him, especially playing down there with Luke Bruce and Jack Ginevan, who you think are probably going to take up most of the opportunities for the small forwards. Um, it's going to be really hard. It's going to generate a lot of uh, discussion 
this year and probably next, whilst, you know, the Hawks are still in the bottom six teams in the competition. But, yeah, Watson's going to be fine. He's going to be an excellent player. But, yeah, when you see Riley Sanders, what he's done in the last two weeks, and the Bulldogs' midfield is already really, really strong, and everyone will say, you know, we've already got our midfield set. We didn't need um, another midfielder. But you look at what Sanders did uh, tonight, and you're gonna. Yeah, you, it's fair to ask that question. I do want to end um, on a bit of a positive, and and that to me is Jai Newcomb, who just looks like an absolute Rolls Royce oh. of a midfielder. Thirty-seven disposals, I think the most on the ground, and um, again another player who every time he has it, you just feel like he's going to do something great. He was unbelievable tonight. In the second half, was by far our biggest. Uh, shining a light. Uh, his first half, he got, I think, had 17 touches, but his foot skills were really poor. But he worked his butt off in the second half. To think that we got him in the mid-season draft is still unbelievable. He's still, you know, he has, he's only just played over 50 games. So he's only going to get better. If we somehow can win 10 games, I don't think uh, we will. He's a very good chance to win the Brownlow because... Will Day is, you know, going to miss at least, you think, six to eight games. No one else is going to poll votes uh, from us other than Jai. Sicily is probably our best player, but as we know, you know, defenders don't often poll votes. Jai is going to be right up there in the Brownlow medal, and he's only going to get uh, better. But, yeah, he was by far our best player tonight. Brad, before we wrap up, I've got to ask um, how your round one team is shaping up. I know that... Ash doesn't really want you to reveal anything until our panel show. Yeah. But, um, any has, has tonight changed any of your thinking at all? Oh, I need to. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Finn McGuinness is in our best twenty-two. But if we go into that round one game and let either Zach Merritt or Nick Martin have thirty touches, we ain't winning that, that game. So it's going to be a massive call for Sam Mitchell because if Finn McGuinness plays. It means one of Ward, Huswade, or McKenzie don't play. Um, I think Ward's the one that's under the pump uh, the most. I think McKenzie and um, uh, Huswade are going to play. So if McGuinness plays, it means Ward doesn't play. Watson's the other one. If Dylan Moore comes in, I don't think Nick Watson's going to play. Um, who are the wingmen? You know, as I said, Josh Ward is not a wingman. I think D'Ambrosio will be on the wing. I had Morrison as the sub, but I think obviously he was rested, so he's going to play round one. Gunston's got to come back into the side. Weddle's got to come back into the side. So a lot of questions still need to be uh, answered heading into round one. And my round one team at the moment, I need to somehow fit about uh, 27 or 28 into it. So I still need more time. Ash is probably going to get his... uh, Wish I don't think I'm going to be able to give my starting 22 or 23 with a sub until um, our function on the 13th of March. Well, interesting. I just want to stay on Finn for a second. What I couldn't figure out his role. To, he played on Cody Whiteman. He he actually did a really really good job. Cody Whiteman didn't touch it till he kicked the goal in the last quarter when Finn uh, was off. So Finn actually played his role really, really well. He played as a back pocket, but we can't go into round one with, you know, a back line made up of McGuinness, Frost, Phillips, Scrimshaw, MP. Obviously, we'll have um, Amon Sicily and uh, uh, Weddle. So um, Finn might have to, you know, they might if Finn plays is that in the back line, he'll, he'll go with, um, 
I'm not sure who who he'll play on because the Bombers don't really have, other than Jay Gresham, they don't really have a matchup for him in that position. It'll either be he that plays on Nick Martin or Merritt. But I don't think, as I said, we can play all of, you know, Finn, Ward, Husswaite and uh, McKenzie in the side. So it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting decision to shut down Waitman when you've got a midfield that's absolutely getting uh, going, um, you know, t- just totally smashing you. And Liberatore... Liber's the one you know, always when we play the Bulldogs. Absolutely kill. He had 13 uh, clearances tonight. But I think the issue with having Finn in the midfield is he's too slow. And our midfield at the moment, unfortunately, other than Jai, who's not even that quick, are all slow. They're all uh, one pace. Mackenzie, Husway, um, Warple, Nash has a bit of a burst of speed, but his skills aren't that good. So the midfield mix without Will Day is a bit of a worry. So, yeah, Sam's got a massive job ahead of him before round one because I've spoken about it. If we don't win round one, we play Melbourne, uh, Geelong on Easter Monday, Collingwood in Adelaide, and then Gold Coast, um, up on the Gold Coast. So it's highly likely we're going to be 0-5. and five. And Hardwick had a half as a forward. Um, yeah, he was, I think did, back. Was, yeah, was poor as did it, it was at unsighted at, as a forward. He went back in the second half in the midfield, got absolutely smashed. He's, he's, he's going to start round one as a forward, as we've seen this preseason. But against Essendon, there's no real matchup for him other than Gresham. But I think he'll play as a forward round one, and it's going to be interesting from round two through to about round six because we come up against, you know, some of the you know highest quality small forwards in the comp. So Seamus Mitchell apparently has been declared fit, but he hasn't played the whole of the preseason. So to bring him in round one, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, look, at least we've got uh, a bit of the cavalry coming in with with more and, and hopefully Mitchell soon. Um you know, Weddle will probably probably start round one. So there is a, there are, there are a few silver linings in um in, in round one, um. But yeah, I, I think that's probably a good place to end it, Brad. Um, thanks for your time and looking forward to seeing everyone at the panel show on Wednesday, March thirteenth, Glen Ferry Hotel. And I think we're all sold out. Um, we are think- sold out, and we got some big special guests. So they'll be re- uh, revealed in the in the next week or so. Excellent. Looking forward to seeing you all. Thanks so much for listening in and uh, we'll, we'll catch you soon. This was another Hawks Insiders production. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack for wall-to-wall Hawthorne footy club coverage.